Ladies and gentlemen, you want experience during your football season? Well, buckle up, sweet cheeks. That's all we need. We've got all the experience in the world. This is I Want Your Flex with Dan Beyer and Mike Harmon. Mike and Dan break down everything you need to set your lineups. From position rankings to starts and sits, the guys help you make those hard decisions. And now, let's get your flex on. Here's Dan Beyer and Mike Harmon. It is the I Want Your Flex podcast. Get Mike on Twitter at Swollen Dome. You can find me on Twitter at Dan Beyer on Fox. And Mike, how good does it feel to talk about week one, which is just right there. It's like week one, next exit as you're driving on the freeway of sports. Week one, maybe we've arrived because we've already got one game in the books, but I'm telling you, what a great feeling this is. Well, I just know driving into our Fox Sports Radio studio, sometimes that last mile and a half, uh, coming from the the south and and coming up the 405, uh, it it could be like a 20-minute last mile. But, uh, no, it it is just a beautiful thing. The Thursday night football game had everything you could want, high drama, better than any scripted program on television no question about it uh but we've got 271 more including some really cool matchups in week week one i always argue the nfl doesn't need to do it because we're so ready for football that you could put the worst 16 matchups you possibly could schedule together you know go through all the algorithms and prognostications and figure it out but either way i'm loving them all and i'll be face painted or probably not uh for sunday night football here in los angeles as the bears come to town so all sorts of good things ahead if you are just listening to the podcast for the first time or a somewhat new listener maybe you checked out some of our preseason stuff this is what we do we give you two episodes a week throughout the regular season so you can Look back at what happened in the week. Get your rosters ready for waiver wire and free agent pickups. The new episodes launch every Tuesday. Then we have another new episode like this one that launches every Friday that previews the week ahead. We also take a look back at what happened on Thursday Night Football and how those 60 minutes could affect you in the long run. And that's kind of where we start tonight where the Buccaneers rally, get a win over the Cowboys on on Thursday night football. I almost called it Sunday night football, Mike. But this is a, this was a game that uh, hit the over by the third quarter. Had Dak Prescott chuck the balls some fifty odd times. I think the official number was fifty eight. Tom Brady threw it fifty. You had two guys of the Dallas Cowboys have over a hundred yards receiving. You had two guys of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers have over a hundred yards receiving, and almost another one reached that mark. Points and yards are plenty when it comes to Week One, Game One of the twenty twenty one season. Well, as long as you weren't a running back. Oh, my goodness. But we'll get to that in a moment uh, in full. But, yeah, I mean, obviously a lot of questions coming into the game. What do you do with Dak Prescott and all his weapons on the outside? And, again, we'll get to Ezekiel Elliott uh, more in full here uh, in a moment. But, yeah, turnovers that weren't the fault of the quarterbacks, right? Tom Brady with a uh, ball off a of Leonard Fournette's hands. You had the Hail Mary. You had the – Godwin fumble that still is just 
maddening. Good football play uh, by Dallas, but ball security, certainly not the friend of the Bucks. And they, they beat the odds, right? Normally, what is it, about 25% uh, the win probability if you uh, lose the turnover battle. But they come up big, and, and if you were invested in Dak Prescott and had the guts to play him and his band of merry men, well, you were rewarded in a big way tonight as Cooper and Lamb get it done. A couple of injuries to the Buccaneers secondary. So for those of you holding the Bucks defense long term, eh, there's going to be a little bit of shuffling there. So the curiosity uh, to come. But Dak Prescott showed no ill effects of the ankle. And I'm still not co- so convinced the shoulder was ever a problem. I, I'll say this. You mentioned we're, we're going to talk about the running backs at some point. I want to get that crap out of the way right now. Okay, okay let's first go. First of all, you talk about shouldering the load. No one shouldered it in the running game on Thursday night. Zero. And as soon as soon as Ronald Jones fumbled, I knew that was the last we were going to see of Ronald Jones on Thursday night. Because for some reason, Bruce Arians and Byron Leftwich have this unhealthy fascination with Leonard Fournette. And I find it funny that Ronald Jones gets benched for a fumble, yet Leonard Fournette, to your point, has one go completely off of his hands, and the Buccaneers are like, you know what, we'll just continue to let Lenny do what he he does best. His longest run was seven yards tonight. I'm like, I, I don't get this infatuation with Leonard Fournette and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And I'm only saying this, Mike, because maybe I may have played Ronald Jones in a in a <laughs> league this week for the simple fact that Dallas's run defense was not good last year. It was one of the worst in the National Football League. But I just I look at Tampa's run game. I'm like, uh, Ezekiel Elliott, I can understand Tampa's defense was, you know, the best against the uh, run when it came to yards per carry last season. I understand of not wanting to face that. I get it, but on the Buccaneers sideline, I don't get why Bruce Arians loves Leonard Fournette and Ronald Jones just continues to be in his doghouse. Well, the, the biggest thing for me was the the fact that Fournette became such a big part of the passing game. <laughs> like if, if you want yeah, if if you want to bulldoze away with him, all right, I, I could see that if you're trying to set something up, but it's not like you were having any trouble working downfield you have so many weapons at your disposal Mike Evans becomes an afterthought right you're you're so rich with weapons and options and even if you look at the receiving uh breakdown from this game OJ Howard did factor mm-hmm. right a guy they've been talking about the last couple of weeks of oh just wait just wait I guess we'll, yeah. we'll wait another week but you know, Mike Evans, six targets total, three catches, 24 yards. We've talked about him a bunch in that way. Gio Bernard gets in for three targets. Gronkowski's eight for eight. And it's amazing. It, it, it's and just the a curiosity. How, how is this guy wide open every time? And they talked about it being a little bit of a busted play, right? You had a big blitz, and then all of a sudden, Demarcus Lawrence had to try to scrape across the field with Gronkowski. After two steps, he gave up. <laughs> just like there's, there's nothing here uh, yeah, and Gronkowski walks in eight catches 90 yards on the day and Antonio Brown with a massive performance and and he deserves a little more of a spotlight but to back to the run game I don't know if this is where we're headed but Ronald Jones certainly uh, anybody that put in a, a couple of tickets on him I have a couple I know you've got some shares as you mentioned 
I'm now nervous that with Gio being there and, yeah. and and maybe Keyshawn Vaughn when he's ready that maybe suddenly he creeps in and Ronald Jones and that expectation that he would take a big leap forward suddenly becomes a, a big uh, loser that goes into the dustbin of fantasy fortunes lost. All you're going to do is just give yourself a headache if you deal with the Buccaneers' backfield. I mean, I thought they were arresting Ronald Jones at the end because he was going to be the guy. Then Leonard Fournette starts the game. They split carries, and then the fumble, and Ronald Jones is done. We're not going to waste any more time on Ronald Jones or Leonard Fournette's status. Just say it. You'll see him in hell. (laughs) Let's go to the Ezekiel Elliott situation because Twitter was ablaze on it. And and by the way, everybody ripping Jerry Jones – for paying Ezekiel Elliott, that's like two plus seasons ago, right? I mean, this is. Am I missing something? Like, nah. was there something that I that I needed to be filled in on? No, I thought it was a bad move at the time, but now sure. it's now it comes back up just because he's a non-factor. Yeah, and, and, I, and people. To your point, Dan, I think a, a lot of folks started going down the the road of well, they didn't spend money here and here. It's like go back and look at the books. They spent money on defense. They made some bets on guys that they crapped out repeatedly. Yeah. Like they held money and said, ah, forget it. We'll see what we can come up with. Well, you know, the the other part of it, Mike, is that this is one game in a game plan again against the Buccaneers defense that was the best against the run in yards per carry last yeah. season, allowing 3.6 yards. And honestly, now in the NFL, when you play a team that scores points, the the better thing to do, and Dallas dominated time of possession. Sure. You saw their, uh, them able to control the ball, but you still, it wasn't like a grinded out sort of way to control the ball. They were just attacking Tampa in the places where they felt that they were successful. Cowboys had the ball for almost 10 more minutes than than Tampa did, and it just was on the arm of, of Dak Prescott and hitting guys like Amari Cooper, like CeeDee Lamb, Michael Gallup before he was hurt, Dalton Schultz, like a bunch of different guys. And you just knew that Ezekiel Elliott's running attempts were just not in the game plan for Dallas tonight. And it was just – it to, to me, it's a one-off because of who they played – I would not be as concerned uh, as some Ezekiel Elliott owners may be at this point. I know it's game one, as you said, of 272. I am not concerned. Plus, you're going to get Zach Martin back at some point. That should help the running game as well. And by the way, the Cowboys are not going to be winning division titles and going to Super Bowls when Dak throws it 58 freaking times. Yeah, I think there there's a couple of things to, to pull out. Like you said, Zach Martin will get back. You'll get a little more uh, cohesion with that offensive line, right? You got some pieces that haven't really worked together. You're just getting Lyle Collins back off his stingers. And he played, but, you know, in, in theory, he'll be better. Uh, and you look at uh, Smith was back and played a pretty good game overall but coming back off a big injury there's Mm -hmm. better better times and against lesser defensive fronts to your point the other is we've seen the change of this national football league and you saw it tonight where the short passing game is essentially an extension of your run game right we saw it in pittsburgh a year ago you didn't trust your offensive line what'd you do yak Right, you didn't feel yep. like you had a running back you could trust, and and I don't know how much they trust Zeke right now. Right, we talked about it a lot last year that there were, to my eye, uh, a number of games where Tony Pollard looked like he was the better back, and mm-hmm. with Dak, 
and the questions of what he was going to be able to do. They ran out of shotgun a bunch to make sure he had a little bit of time. And what did they do? Long protracted drives, short passes, a bit of yak, occasional shots downfield, but ball possession, keep the clock moving, keep Brady sidelined as best you can. You had the unfortunate occurrence of a couple of bad kicks from Greg Zerline, but again, they also had some things go their way in the wake of yeah. his misses that kind of negated the effect on the game, though. You know, people always remember a missed PAT or field goal more than they do. You know, what happens in the ensuing possessions, but that's just me getting a little bit maddened. But I'm I'm going back to what you said with Zeke. Everybody wants to jump off. Fine, I'll buy your shares at a discounted rate. Sure. I'll take the distressed property and hope that there are better, bigger days ahead. And if not, I only gave you a sack of balls. Like I'm not, I'm not giving you top dollar. Like if you're ready to bail already, come on and and knock, hey. uh, come and knock on our door. The old threes company line, right? Uh, yeah. Zeke and, and and I'll trade you what's in the bag or the box. I I'll tell you what I I'd throw in Gronk in that deal because it, as much as they have a rapport for Gronk to have eight catches, ninety yards, and two scores, I think this is going to be his peak game of of the regular season playoffs. Maybe a different story. But this is this just seemed to be peak Gronk. You may differ on that, but I just I don't know on how much, especially now in a 17 game season. And honestly, in the 17 game season too with Ezekiel Elliott, I don't know if the Cowboys wanted him to run into a brick wall 25 times, you know, in week one. Um, well, you got to be, be judicious with them, right? They're both, yeah. you know, yeah. not that Zeke's that long in the tooth, but running backs age at a different rate, right? And, and Gronk, as we know, was retired. He was a wrestling champion. Uh, master thespian, all of those things, and he's back. So you want to you want to limit the pitch count because you need him in December and January, right? You're you're playing yeah. for a date at SoFi. So how do you best accomplish that? And we talked about all the weapons that they have, right? Guys that had even some minor target counts in game one. That over the course of the year, their their roles will grow. In theory, that running game will have some level of effectiveness if Jones can get out of the doghouse. But for Rob Gronkowski, yeah, eight targets I don't think is ideal. Beyond no. a hey, we got our you know celebration of our Super Bowl championships, so maybe it's a little bit of of an exhibition. And let's face it, the the Cowboys defense uh, might be better. This is not going to be the best barometer to decide, Correct. you know, that they're good or trash. Uh, but this was one for the Bucks. Plenty of weapons, and, and still you were able to find the mismatches. And Gronk running free because of all those wide receivers you've got to check. Yeah, give me that all day long because you know Brady's going to find them. Uh, excellence of execution to steal from the great Brett the Hitman Hart. I'll just I'll, I'll I'll wrap up with these two points. Number one. If you listen to any of our preseason episodes, I told you about Mike Evans. If mm-hmm. I, I just I, I warned you, this is what you're going to get from time to time. And if you wanted to, if if that's who you wanted to saddle up with, you're going to have to live with three catches for 24 yards because that is who Mike Evans is in the Buccaneers' offense. He'll give you a two-touchdown game. There'll be a game where he has big yardage, but there will also be these, and you got to be aware. My question now, Mike, where is A.B., Antonio Brown, in rankings as you now look at him moving forward after his five-catch 121-yard 
evening with that long touchdown. I'll take him as a mid to late WR2, at least for now. It could go spiraling back out, right? Like Just like you said with Mike Evans. You know, Mike Evans could come back and be a 10-target guy next week. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you just have to live with it. Like You just have to know what you're getting into, and I'm not willing to do that. That's just why I've just – I was – I, did, yeah, I, yet, I, yet yet I played Ronald Jones in a league. No, so did I. I had him as a flex. I thought maybe. Well, I thought he'd have the target count that sure. Red had. That was yep. how I was looking at it. Yeah. Guys streaking downfield, guys creating chaos. Dump off to Ronald Jones and hope for some yak. That that yep. was that was my thought in the process. Or maybe again, all the sellout to try to get after Brady and get him off his mark. That you'd have a draw play that he'd finally bust up the gut and just go. Instead, he got in the doghouse and never got out. But I, but I think. You know, we, we always talk about Belichick running backs and, and some of the other situations across the league where you're just like, I don't know that I want to get in on that. Mm-hmm. I think the Bucks wide receiving core is going to really tick a lot of people off over the course of the year. Like the aggregate will be there for Tom Brady, but on a week to and, and for those players, they'll hit statistical marks. But unless you're playing best ball for the year, you're going to drive yourself nuts. And Greg Zerline's 31-yard field goal that he missed reminds me of when Madden changed their way to kick field goals. And so you had no idea on what to do. So it just went straight left. That's that's what it reminded me of. The 60-yarder is a little short, a little off the mark, but the 31, like, yeah. how do you do this? I don't know how to kick. How do you got to – oh, whoop, there it goes. You missed it. All right, enough of Bucks cowboys Let's look ahead to week one. And, Mike, as we look ahead to week one, we actually look back at what happened on Thursday because it was another awful day for the Baltimore Ravens. That's our biggest storyline heading into week one is what the heck do you do now if you are if you have any investment into the Baltimore Ravens? How do you clean up if you drafted J.K. Dobbins? How do you clean up if you drafted or picked up Gus Edwards after his knee injury? That's going to cost him the season. How do you think play, things play out in Baltimore? And even big picture, how do they affect Lamar Jackson and a guy like Mark Andrews? Well, and, and that's the thing. Congratulations on Mark Andrews on getting the ink to dry on his contract. Uh, I, I joke that I wonder if the – Facilities are managed by the Chicago Park District. Maybe a little inside baseball, uh, but it goes into the Bears wanting to go move to, to Arlington Heights at the site of the old Arlington Park racetrack of who the hell's in charge of these things and why are there so many activities? Or is it just, you know, you just got a bad case of something going on, someone's not living right, and you need Kyrie Irving to come in with the sagebrush to take all the bad juju sure. away. Uh, Tyson Williams, we talked about him last week, was the guy that I would have put some chips in on, six foot tall, 220, uh, bowling ball kind of guy that – I think is going to get every shot to be the guy right now. Uh, it's kind of interesting in that early on Thursday it was, yeah, we're gonna we're gonna ride the bus. And it was all about Gus Edwards, and then he goes down. Marcus Peters goes down. You already had all those injuries in the receiving core, right? Rashad yeah. Bateman uh, go on down the line. Justice Hill at the Achilles. Yeah. I mean, you know, just this one would have thing been his after job another, if that right? Doesn't happen. Yeah, it's it's just one of the and Hill had been battling some other injuries and then he gets the the final blow there. So you bring in Le'Veon Bell, you bring in Devontae Freeman, and you bring in Latavius Murray. Uh, Le'Veon Bell couldn't stay on the field despite all of the 
defections, injuries, and other things happening in Kansas City a year ago. We talked about it. Daryl Williams. Not Damian Williams, because he opted out, and he's yep. now with Chicago. But Daryl Williams was getting touches before Le'Veon Bell was. So I, I kind of disqualify him. That's a, if your bench is deep enough, sure. Stash him and watch this week and see what happens. Uh, likewise, Devontae Freeman. If you need to go down that road because you had Dobbins or Gus Edwards or insert other wide receiver or running back that went down with an injury, fine. I think Latavius Murray of those three guys is the most likely to come in and actually do something because we've actually seen him perform at a decent level mm-hmm. most recently. Different I, offense than than New Orleans, but obviously if you just want him to sledgehammer between the tackles, he can do it. To your point, Mike, I don't want any of these guys. Their primes were four or five years ago. I do not want Freeman. I do not want Bell. Yeah, take your chance, as you said. Williams was likely gone in your league already. Trenton Cannon was a guy that was brought in after being cut by Carolina. I don't think that he's a threat. Yeah, it's, it's Williams or Murray that it looks like. And at least for week one, as we look for their game against the Raiders on Monday night, Williams would be the guy that, uh, that if you needed, would be the guy that you'd probably want to put in your lineup. Yeah, to your point, also just asking about Lamar Jackson, I've actually got him atop my board at, at quarterback this week. Oh, really? Yeah, I don't buy the Raiders. I want to see – all these moves, all the greatness, right? Tell me all you did. Here's Ngakwe. Here's this other. Let me see it actually work. Mm-hmm. And maybe maybe the Ravens uh, aren't quite the the same test because we know the wideout position has been ravaged by by injury. I almost made a, a Raven uh, reference, and that would have been just really <laughs> bad. But Hollywood Brown will find space downfield. Uh, Devin Duvernay, you know, now a second-year guy, curious to see what he becomes sammy watkins not a world beater but a veteran that when he's sound can make plays lamar jackson will still make plays with his leg the defense is strong and the offensive line comes in healthy right stanley zeitler and company that you feel pretty good about your front five now it's and i forget who it was and one of our colleagues you know, in the larger punditry world, just said, look, always remember, you can replace a running back. You can't replace a left tackle. You can't replace a right guard as easily. Like those things, and just Correct. go down the offensive line, right? Especially the centers that we've seen through the years. It's it's a much different chess game. So I think Baltimore will be just fine. And with all of the chaos I think the Raiders being the on the other side is is actually a good thing. Sorry, no. Raider fans, friends of ours, former colleagues of ours, be like, oh, Raider hate. Like, bring it on. <laughs> I will say this about the running backs, though. It is one thing to replace a running back. It's a completely other thing to replace three of them. Oh, sure. Yeah, and yeah, no, we got down that's deep. The, the, yeah, that's the – that's the tough part. I mean, we're getting into week 16, week 17 scenarios that we've had in the past of, while wow, they're down to this guy, and the Ravens haven't played a game yet. And none of those three guys are going to be available yeah. later on in the season because they're all season enders. Yeah, it could be yeah. – I think it could be tough for Baltimore. Yeah, as we know, some cast. Look, I was excited, and I had actually – 
Well, just the night before all this chaos broke and Gus Edwards went down, I was like, you know what? I'm still going to be bullish that they can find a way, maybe add someone along the way, and this will be fine. And it'll be them and the 49ers, right? Because I wanted to pick someone that wasn't the Chiefs in the Super Mm -hmm. Bowl world. Uh, And, well... Look at look at what happened to me. Uh, <laughs> they came back and, and got me one once again. But you know the other thing. I don't know if I told you this one, Dan. Is uh, I, I'm sad because I had heard a, a little bit of whisper about how J.K. Dobbins was going to be used, and then Jason Lockenfora, who's out in Baltimore, that's where he lives, and writing for CBS Sports, joins us each week. He talked about what J.K. Dobbins was going to be, and he confirmed everything that I'd heard. Mm-hmm. I threw two pens against the wall. <laughs> glad it wasn't something bigger i might have broken something but it sounded like he was going to be used out of the slot and and a little bit all over the field to give him the best opportunity to go dominate and instead i gotta wait and only do it on a video game speaking of dominate now's the time where we throw the information at you to allow you to dominate in weeks one through 18 here in the National Football League. We start off with week one, Mike. Top five rankings at the quarterback, running back, and wide receiver position. With week one on the horizon with 15 more games, give me your top five quarterbacks for week one. You know, a lot of the usual suspects uh, to start out, and that's, and that's good. That, that means we can do the confirmation bias of our uh, preseason rankings. Uh, but I imagine Lamar Jackson off the jump, uh, Patrick Mahomes going up against Cleveland. I got, I've got a pretty good uh, feel you know, that this squad's going to be able to run. Clyde Edwards-Alaire, we talked about last year, think he brings the balance back to the force. The offensive line, while reconfigured, I think will be able to handle things. Jadavian Clowney, who talked a whole lot of mess, has been ill uh, and may not be available. Uh, and as much as I respect the game of Miles Garrett, I'm all excited to see Greg Newsom in the secondary out of Northwestern. Uh, Mahomes still does Mahomes things. Kyler Murray against Tennessee. Uh Run game is still a question mark, but I'll trust that he's got a bevy of weapons uh, to make some plays downfield. Brady was my number four, so we'll give a bonus on the back end. Uh, Josh Allen going up against Pittsburgh. All those beautiful toys. One of the guys that will show up in the uh, hot plays a little bit later. Uh, And then Aaron Rodgers. As he said, it was a bunch of nonsense data data points uh, going up against New Orleans. Uh, remember, they had a suspension up front, still trying to figure out their secondary. Uh, I think Rodgers comes out, plays well as they play that game in Jacksonville. I know there are a lot of opportunities for points of paloozas in the NFL. My points of palooza for week one will be Arizona at Tennessee, Uh, so Kyler Murray at number three is something that fits my eye. Let's get to the top five running backs for week one of the NFL season. Welcome back, CMC. You got yourself a date against the New York football Jets. All over aggressive. Why? Because they want to go hug Sam Darnold. What does that mean? CMC slips out, makes some play. I'm also curious, and Darnold will reappear on the list here in a minute. But, you know, going up uh, with CMC, remember the last time we saw him, the incredible heights that he'd achieved and separated so far. We'll we'll have another spot against a Jets team that I think has improved, uh, but still with some holes. Uh, look, while, while everybody's together and feeling good about themselves, give me Dalvin Cook going up against Cincinnati. Uh, 
Alvin Kamara going back to that game against Green Bay. I think he's active as a receiver in this one. So since we're gravitating more towards PPR leagues, and I know Lee DeLapp's going to want to punch me in the head uh, because it goes against his beautiful Packers squad. Um, Kamara still with a big day. Uh, we look at – see, and, and this this is what pains me, is that it's, it's more of the same. One guy I'm going to slide in at the back end. Uh, Derek Henry, give me him in the number four spot. Number five, I'm going to go with a little bit of price shot, and I'm going to slide James Robinson all the way into my top five of your Jacksonville Jaguars going up against the Houston Texans, who I, I think someone put it really well, Dan. They have on paper the worst defense in the National Football League coming into week one, and they're not starting a single rookie. <laughs> hey, Terod Taylor's going to control the football and keep it out of the hands of Trevor Lawrence. No, I'm just kidding. I'm curious I, uh, to see wh- how that plays, though, aren't you, though? Like Terod Taylor, he's got the weirdest two years of any quarterback in recent NFL history. Yeah. Not named Alex Smith. It's amazing how everybody just, for the time in Cleveland to the needle in L.A. to to now this, uh, what a story it has been for Terod Taylor. I'll say this, in my preseason predictions, sometimes I hedge things. I actually hedged my MVP uh, Josh Allen was my MVP pick, and that, not that that's going out on a limb, but I did pick an NFL Offensive Player of the Year, Ooh. and I actually put Alvin Kamara in that Look spot. So he's your third play this week. I expect Kamara to have a big year for the Saints in 2021. I know a lot of people are as well, but I think it could be extra special for uh, Kamara. All right, let's get the uh, wide receivers for week one. Top five plays as we open the season. We shuffle up some of your usual suspects once again as we roll through the wide receivers off the jump uh we we look at uh my guy number two on my board for the preseason number one this week calvin ridley going up against philadelphia uh looking for this squad and uh, another one of the players from that squad will show up uh in our ninja uh bits uh, a little bit later but uh no more julio jones there uh calvin ridley is the number one and and matt ryan even though the touchdown passes don't always come uh the the yardage and the consistency of well being on the field right and look availability is, is half the battle uh number two t- Tyreek Hill going up against Cleveland. Uh, look for I'm not looking for one of those 10 catch, you know, blowing it out the door, but two or three big plays make him one of your top plays of the week. Number three, uh, DK Metcalf going up against the Indianapolis Colts. Uh, we're going to sneak him in. Uh, we got Devontae Adams at number four. And number five, uh, we're we're looking at DeAndre Hopkins in that, as you called it, points of Palooza, going up against Tennessee. I think you're going to get that in Nashville in your DK Metcalf uh, ranking at number three. Uh, I I agree with that, and I will use that in my give me one reason, which actually Ooh. comes up. After Mike gives his hot plays, cold sores, and ninjas for week one, unlike the rankings, we actually do have imaging for these segments. So let's start it off with our hot plays. Yes, you got it. The hot plays for week one. These guys 
may not be at Mike's top five, but they're guys that you got to get in your lineup this week because of favorable matchups. Maybe just uh, it's just the, the right time of year to play the guy. Mike's giving you a bunch of different names that maybe on the outside of that top five that are on the outside of that top five that you should consider playing. Who are your hot plays for week one of the 2021 season? One of my favorite wide receivers to watch uh, and curious because he's back and reunited and it feels so good. Looking at the Carolina Panthers and looking at Robbie Anderson uh, against his former team, looking for some fireworks. And that means, yes, I am bullish on Sam Darnold, uh, a new lease on life. I am worried about that offensive line. I'm not going to lie. Uh, there there are going to be some free releases uh, and some problematic moments along the way. But give me those two. Uh, Darnold, uh, a little less on the, the bullishness. But Robbie Anderson, certainly a guy I want in. How about Trevor Lawrence going up against those Houston Texans? Mentioned uh, James Robinson, a uh, good receiver out of the backfield. So he'll be active there. Uh, but Trevor Lawrence... Again, the offensive line. We got probably seven or eight teams that that's my biggest curiosity in week one. (laughs) Not that we're going to learn everything, but the level of competence and for these young quarterbacks in particular, like a Trevor Lawrence, the knowledge to get rid of the damn ball. Right, as opposed to getting bludgeoned as he did in the preseason. So we'll take a look at Trevor Lawrence. Go uh, another hot play, Jacoby Myers. Why? Because I like getting a little bit frisky when it comes to the wide receivers. Going to play as a WR3, but a guy that I rank, I think, uh, consistently higher uh, than the consensus. Uh, we saw him at times last year become a good target uh, for the Patriots. With Mac Jones, you're going to try to lock on and find a guy who He's a good route runner. Get that timing down, and he fits the bill. Likewise, Hunter Henry, while he's healthy, back end number one, tight end for you. Yeah, John U. Smith is there, and, and you know, I celebrate his whole catalog. Uh, but give me a little bit of uh, Jacoby and Myers. Oh, wait, no, that's a law firm in the greater Los Angeles area. Uh, and then finally, going back to that Philly-Atlanta game, Jalen Hurts is a guy we've talked about a bit on the previews, Dan. I don't know how I feel about him long term, but he's in a good spot here. And what does that mean? You got a good spot for Devontae Smith, guy who's going to show up in the 30s in most rankings. I've got him as a mid 20s wideout. Not a huge jump, but enough to say, all right, I'll push in for a start. And certainly in the daily fantasy leagues, you don't have to pay too much of a premium to get him in. Those are the hot plays for week one. Now we got to get to the guys that you don't want to touch, you don't want to look at, you don't want any part of. Cold sores. Yep, your cold sores, guys to stay away from in the opening week of 2021. Shut them down, Joe Burrow. Uh, Again, O-line concerns. I love the wide receivers, and maybe there's an aggregate, uh, but you're going to have some growing pains again here because Minnesota's defense, remember, depleted last year defense Mm -hmm. Uh, they had so much attrition between daniel hunter and going into that secondary those guys are healthy and ready to come back and play so joe burrow is a guy that for the season you feel pretty good assuming jamar chase eventually figures out the difference between a college ball a pro ball and can catch it without the white stripes on it see and now you play seven nation army and we all smile and giggle together uh so no i'm i'm down on him uh he'll have better days ahead with that receiving trio uh deandre swift i'm, I'm out 
Uh, I'm a Jamal Williams guy. Uh, and a lot of questions about injuries. San Francisco's defense, I think, is legit. Offensively, they'll be back to running the football, take the air out. Uh, and look, I, I think Swift will have his opportunities, uh, provided he stays healthy, because we know Anthony Lynn loves to run the ball on first and second down. Almost like, you know, predictability on a whole other level. Sure. Uh, but I'll, I'll stay away. Uh, a former Lion, now with the Giants, Kenny Galladay, uh, at, or I should say, he's playing Denver. Good defense inconsistency of Daniel Jones and that injury specter that's already there. Like, I need to see him play a game. The ceiling is certainly there. Top five receiver when healthy and ready to go. Just not sure. And then I'll take one, uh, well, one of my guys uh, in Allen Robinson going up against the Rams. QB1 Andy Dalton will be out there running around. And I think Robinson will get his share of targets. But between Williams and Ramsey, not a lot of space. I'd be more likely to go invest, particularly in a daily league or if I needed to take a price shot at a Darnell Mooney, maybe for a shot one-on-one or a Cole Komet creeping up into the tight end position. Fantasy Ninja. All right, Mike, you heard it. Give us the ninjas for week one, the maybe sneaky play that some may not think would be the right move, but you got to do it to open the season. Push it all in like Oscar Isaac in this movie I want to go see about gambling. Uh, Jimmy G, because we also get to go Jimmy, uh, going up against Detroit. Uh, Look, they'll be able to run the ball, uh, and we get Trey Sermon in while we're at it uh, in that time share with Raheem Mostert. Speed kills, power up the gut. But Jimmy G, he's got Kittle back. He's got Ayuk back. He's got Devo Samuel streaking free and in living color. Uh, Dan Campbell played tight end. He may be trying to tackle guys. They're going to be so open downfield. That's what I'm looking for. Jimmy Garoppolo. Uh, the fair-haired child with a massive game to start the season. Uh, Let's go a couple more at the running back position. How about James White? Uh, Everybody's enamored with Damian Harris and and what he can be, and we know the Bill Belichick run game. Whatever guy you jump on, it's the other guy that gets the numbers. Mm -hmm. James White's still going to have a big role. Why? Young quarterback. What do the young quarterbacks love to do, Dan? Tight ends, dump it off. (laughs) That's right. James White's still there. James White's going to have himself a bit of a day here. Look, PPR leagues, this is a guy who's going to be absolute gold uh, out the jump. And then Mike Davis, who I think a lot of folks have discounted. While I'm not a fan of the Atlanta Falcons and their prospects to win a bunch of games, this is a guy that acquitted himself beautifully in Carolina, in Chicago before that. He's got a bounce around Seattle, right? We've seen him in spots where he's performed quite well. Can you do it for a long haul? No, but you know what? I need him to do it for one week because this is a week one podcast. That's all I need. So he's a guy mid RB2 for me this week. And let's grab one more quarterback for good measure, and that's going to be Teddy Bridgewater. Is it going to be pretty? No. Might he take a shot downfield? Eh, We'll see. But between Judy 
and Cortland Sutton, who's on the mend and from all reports looking to be right, and K.J. Hamler, who goes streaking downfield, Noah Fant uh, across the middle. Yeah, there's plenty of weapons here. It's not going to be you know 50 yards and a touchdown unless there's just a hell of a lot of yak. But I think Dinkin and Duncan and, and making some moves uh, with that run game of Gordon and Williams that Teddy Bridgewater can have himself a game against a Giants team that it's it would go into the handful of I don't know that we have any idea what the identity of this team is going to be. I think that Fangio's defense is going to be the headliner, even with all of those mm-hmm. playmakers. But uh, when you have Melvin Gordon and a lot of people's hot ticket, Javante Williams, that seems to more go hand in hand with the defensive team and them running the football. My guess, and that's why I think Teddy got the job right to protect the football. Well, that's well, that's the funny thing, right? Because the the interception rates aren't that starkly different between he and Drew Locke. Drew Locke fumbles a bunch more. That there, there it is. If he gets in trouble, he starts bouncing and inevitably will bounce the ball off his uh, thigh pad, and away it goes. And and when Mike says there are some people out there that aren't high on Mike Davis, he's directly talking to me. That's who Mike is talking <laughs> to. That is a direct – that is a direct – you may not have figured it out, but the code for me was very, very easy to solve. No, I'm no, no. Just not the whole believer yet in the the Mike Davis experiment. I and powerful legs, I get that, but uh, just not quite the believer. But with Philadelphia coming into town on Sunday, I uh, I can see where you're coming from. All right, those are your hot plays, <laughs> cold sores, and ninjas for Week One. Mike also gave you his top five rankings at the quarterback, running back, and wide receiver position. Now it's my turn to dip my toe into the water in a segment we like to call three two one give me one reason yeah simple enough i just give you one reason to start a guy and one reason to bench a guy that's it i give you a name and you can roll with it i'll give you one reason to start browns wide receiver jarvis landry you're gonna need points if you're gonna win in kansas city plain and simple you're gonna need points so the Browns are going to have to put up points, and they're not going to be able to do it solely on the running game. I actually like Jarvis Landry as a play this week against Kansas City, Mike. I know Odell Beckham Jr. is still being drafted way higher than Jarvis Landry would be. I still go to security blanket, and I actually think that Landry, who was dinged up a bit last year, is healthier this year, will help Cleveland more. I expect Jarvis Landry to have a decent day in Kansas City. I think you're you're looking at at a good spot here, right? Hooper drives the boat. You'll see him a bunch. Obviously, the two running backs are your marquee guys. Uh, for Baker Mayfield, he's going to have to be cool, calm, and collected. Uh, and if they're going to win this game, it's going to be a shootout, right? It's going to have to another, be another instant classic, uh, as they call them. And Odell Beckham Jr. is the curiosity, right? He's sure. that lottery ticket because if everything breaks right and he's the guy you remember, remember that's a little foggy in terms of your memory because it's been a minute. But if he's sound and he's ready to go, he's the the sexier of the names. But Jarvis Landry, steady as they go, move the chain, slip a tackle, yak, especially once you start trying to push the ball downfield. Maybe you can get a little under route or he scrapes over, you know, like the, the Patriots receivers of old and gives you some, some move uh, after the fact. I'm looking at a PPR target for him this week, though. I, I think that's a solid play. 
Odell Beckham Jr. is probably going to be in your lineup if he's on your roster anyway. Uh, Landry wouldn't be, but I'm giving you a reason. You're going to need points in Kansas City. Give you one reason to bench a guy. I'm going to give you one reason to bench Seahawks running back Chris Carson. Colts were the second best in yards per carry against the run in 2020, uh, just a tenth of a yard behind the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, who we had talked about earlier. I think the Colts are going to be good against the run, and I also honestly just think that when you look at what the Seahawks are doing, wait a second, I can't even do this Mike you know why because I'm only giving you one reason that reason Colts were second best in yards per carry against the run in 2020 I am going to stop there and leave it I'm going to give you the other reason as much as people want to talk about the run game in Seattle it still runs through Russell Wilson (laughs) period I may have wanted to say that but I couldn't break my own rule in the first week of the season so i am just going to stick to my one reason on why you should bench seahawks running back chris carson see i got you your second reason and you didn't have to take credit for it or blame (laughs) all right let's wrap this baby up our three point conversions three points that we want you to take into the weekend and just think about Mike, your three-point conversions for week one. Well, I think first we we talked about Dallas. This is the low ball offers for Ezekiel Elliott coming out of that first game. Mm-hmm. Let other people panic. Uh, go in and be the vulture, right? Distress property. We've all read about them over this pandemic. Opportunities to go in and buy property, possessions, whatever. Not that you're being evil. It's just... You know, you want to pay a little bit less. Uh, and right now, Zeke is probably going to come to you at a little bit of a bargain. You might have to do some sales tactics. Maybe you go watch an episode or two of Better Call Saul and watch Bob Odenkirk at work. Uh, but that's what you're going to do. Uh, if you have to dip your toe into the Ravens, you hold your nose into that backfield. And of the three veterans, Latavius Murray is the guy to add. Are you playing him right away? Hell no! Tyson Williams is your guy. Uh, And third, the rookies are going to have their opportunities. I'm bullish on Trevor Lawrence and Urban Meyer in week one. Yes, it's Houston. Take advantage of the matchups. Take advantage of LaVisca Chenault and what he might, Junior, and what he may be able to do uh, against that Houston secondary. There's opportunity to be had. Just get creative. That's Mike's three-point conversion for week one. Here's mine. Beware of the electrical outage in D.C. This Chargers game with Austin Eckler's situation with his hamstring injury – being up in the air yeah. that it's it's it makes it iffy it, it would make Justin Herbert's job even that much more difficult against that Washington front and for as much Mike as the Chargers have upgraded their offensive line it is week one you still aren't necessarily sure on if everything is going to work um, as one cohesive unit beware of the electrical outage in DC for the Chargers mainly because of that Washington front and Austin Eckler's hamstring. Number two, all bark, no bite is my headline there. And I'm talking about Saquon Barkley. There's all this talk. Saquon's ramping up 100%. This is going to be the guy. I just don't think, Mike, that the Giants can throw him out there and expect that he's going to have 24 to 30 carries in this game against Denver. And honestly, that's probably the last thing you want to do with a guy that you still have under contract for a couple more years and is coming off of a serious knee injury. So as much of the positivity that you're getting from from the Giants and Saquon Barkley's availability for week one, be cautious, all bark, no bite against Denver. And finally, Purple Rain. 
Vikings in Cincinnati. It's the uh, if there was a lock, I guess that would be my lock. And with that, I would try to play as many Vikings as I could against the Cincinnati Bengals. Oh, I love that's it. my three point conversion for Stack Week One. Stack away, right? I, I want to see what Cincinnati is. Uh, that offensive line still concerns me, and I think short fields for Captain Kirk uh, and company, uh, Adam Thielen, and, and the the whole band of Merrymen. Hell, even Chris Herndon the fourth might be worth a daily no he's not uh as for saquon barkley a couple days ago they were still saying you're gonna be ready for week one i don't know that that that's not very encouraging and and i like rope-a-dope opportunities like they did it with dak prescott i don't know and then all of a sudden there was a burst of positivity and he comes out on the scene like a beast and then last because you know you brought up the Chargers. i justin jackson's gonna be the number one guy go cats (laughs) <laughs> we're on the our waiver three, wire right now our three-point conversions and, and and before we wrap up i just because it was only fitting for me being a moron in playing ronald jones in week one knowing full well what bruce arians was going to do that mike was let's bring it back epic fail yes our epic fails <laughs> I, it probably you know what give me three epic fails epic fail Epic fail. Epic fail. I absolutely deserve it for playing Ronald Jones in uh, in in week one. Mike, I can't wait to get together and to look back at what we had in the first week of the season. It feels so good to do this again, and uh, it's just great to talk about games again. Oh, absolutely. Live and in living color. We've got a full slate, a lot of chaos. I'll have stories from whatever madness I see at SoFi Stadium and a review of the new stadium here in Los Angeles. And, of course, we hope for few injuries, but certainly some new performance performers to emerge so we can have a lot of fun on the waiver wire i uh, can't wait to do it again let's have a beautiful weekend and enjoy some college football out there as well if you ever have any fantasy questions or issues to bring up again tweet mike at swollen dome you can find me on twitter at dan buyer on fox big thanks to our executive producer lee the lap who ends up really running this entire show and here we are just picture mike and i waving at the pier bon voyage as you sail off for fantasy fun in 2021 week one is here enjoy it we'll talk to you soon